show where we talk about all things pop culture. I'm Josh. And I'm AJ. Josh, we made it. Another week. And another one above above the ground. Above the ground, man. How, how have you been? How was your Labor Day? It was crazy, dude. Uh, let's see. Saturday, I went to the Renaissance Fair. Yeah. How was that? It, it was a lot of fun, as always. Uh, did a lot of walking. Oh, and yeah. And Saturday, I went to... Or sorry, Sunday I went to Starved Rock. So dang, you had a you had a whole like weekend, ten miles, yeah. Uh, and then Sunday or Monday, uh, did a little barbecue with lots of Mexicans. So uh, there was a lot of tequila. So I'm I'm, uh, I, I'm tired. When I lived in Chicago, do you remember how many times you tried to get me to go to the Renaissance Fair? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was always like, well, the what fair? I was like, um, what do you do there? And you're like, you know, you just eat food. I'm like, that's it? And you're like, it's more for the atmosphere. I'm like, what atmosphere? <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. I've, I've converted other people, got new people to check it out. So, yeah. I had a, I had a friend who actually told me he, he went. He's like, I've always wanted to go to the Renaissance Fair. And he dragged his whole family yeah. to the Renaissance Fair this past weekend. We were, it was really funny. Nice. Nice, dude. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was a packed weekend. Uh, how about yourself? Well, what did you do? Oh, man. I, I went on a quest this weekend, man. All right. I did a whole quest. Uh, I got a text message from my boss at like uh, like seven in the morning while I was walking. I go for a walk every morning and I got a text message. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, I have a question. He's like, is this a liquor store like next to you? And I'm like, that's a specific request. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Now, for those who don't know, uh, my office is actually in Colorado, even though I'm in Houston. Uh, my boss was like, yeah, you know, I've been looking for this bottle of tequila. And I'm like. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm thinking like, all right, whatever. And he's like, here, here's the bottle. The store next to you says they have a, a bunch in stock. He's like, just go in there whenever you can this weekend. You can just grab one. That'd be great. I'm thinking, say less, like whatever. Pop in, grab a bottle of tequila. Um, whatever, right? Little did I know. Little did I know how elusive this bottle of tequila was, okay? Um, my wife and I, we went to like four or five like different liquor stores. Uh, the, and when I say liquor stores, I mean like in Texas, they got like big ones. So they're like depots, more like liquor depots. Okay. We took like four or five of them and like couldn't find it. And so like after like the third one, I'm like, okay, what am I getting myself into? Because the <laughs> website definitely said before I left, the uh, before I started work on Friday, website definitely said they had like six in stock. I get there. The guy's like, the guy with media was like, we don't have any. We don't have any variant. They, they have three variants for those who drink tequila. They got Blanco. They got, um, oh, I can't remember the the second one. It starts with an R. Reposado or something? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, rep, yeah, Repos, yeah, I'm sure I'm butchering it. And Anejo. And Anejo is like the, the, the brown colored one normally. And so um, I'm like, I'm like, you don't have any of them? He's like, no. And I'm like, all right. So then we're looking, we're looking. And like, I, for those who don't know, I do have like a little bit of a like, like compulsive, like impulse disorder. Like if you tell me I can't get something, I'm going to find it. I'm going to do it. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a bad, uh, (laughs) it's an expensive, it's an expensive uh, uh, flaw. But uh, so we spent all the week, we spent all weekend looking for this bottle and we finally hunted it down. We got to this, this big um, uh, liquor depot in Texas called Total Wine. Shout out to Total Wine. It was amazing. Uh, But we got there uh, before we got there, we actually called and someone told us like, yeah, yeah, we have them. I'm like, okay. So we get there and then they have like 
different like managers for different sections and the tequila lady's like no we don't have that she's what? like we haven't had this she's like we haven't had this in weeks and i'm like you gotta be kidding me i just drove halfway across houston i'm like we don't even live anywhere near here i was like and my <laughs> wife was like no 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 we called somebody yeah said it was here lied. and so so the ladies you know she 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 chirped on her little walkie she looked on her on, on their little uh, inventory she's like you know what i think it actually is here and she made a little chirpy she stepped away she came back she's like it's actually in the truck I'm like, what? what? And she's like, we're going to go grab it. So I was like, hold on, grab two. Because damn it, I went through <laughs> all of this. I'm going to have some of this damn tequila. It was a bottle of Fortaleza, Anejo. Apparently, like, huh. it's really, really, really good tequila. Okay. Um, so I, 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 I mean, damn it, I, I went so far. I got two. I texted my boss. I said, the mission is complete. It was quite the quest. <laughs> It was quite the quest. Very fitting for our episode today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, wait. The big question. The big question. Yeah. Did you try it? So here's the thing. Uh, without like flexing on our viewers, it's a little expensive. So okay. at this point, I'm like, do I open it? Um, I I don't know. I I, I it's one of those things where it's like I don't want to just drink it just to oh, just okay. for any reason. But at the same time, I'm like. I really want to know what it tastes yeah. like because this must be really good. My boss tells me it's really, really good and it's really difficult to track down, apparently. So, yeah, you save it for yeah. your daughter's quince. Yeah, next time, ne- next time you guys swing to Houston, <laughs> you guys get to try <laughs> this special elixir. You tell right. me if it was worth it. All right, yeah, man. All right. Well, yeah. in the spirit of quests, let's uh, travel through the streaming wars to the latest contender do, Amazon's. Do, do. Ring of power, rings of power. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Super Smash Brothers. Amazon has entered the fight. Yeah, yeah, dude. They uh, <laughs> and they came in, they came in swinging. We talked about how much money they threw down on this. Oh um, yeah. What's your uh, exposure and level of fandom with Lord of the Rings? Man, okay. So before our listeners who do listen, like crucify me. I I don't dislike Lord of the Rings. I think it's pretty cool. It's just never. It never grabbed me. Like I, I never, I never got into it. Um, and I tried. You know, I watched the original trilogy, uh, the Peter Jackson films, the extended yeah. editions. Uh, but I haven't watched those in like fifteen years. Um, I think I watched the first Hobbit. I can barely remember any scenes. I don't think I watched the other two. And now, now I hear there's like extended editions of those. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's a lot of Lord of the Rings. Um, I think the most fun I've had Lord of the Rings is the shadow more or the, the mortar series. Yeah, like the yeah, shadow yeah. Mortar series. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that. But then one of the downsides of playing that is I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know who these people are. I can't remember. Look, all I remember about Lord of the Rings is that there's a ring and it's got like powers or something and it has to be destroyed. And then yeah. Gandalf dies, but then he's like, psych, I'm back. And I'm stronger than ever. That's all I remember <laughs> from. That's all I. That's it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. all I remember from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um. So you know, I I want to like it more. I just I don't know. I just haven't. That that's I think that's a good place to be because I'm a moderate fan. I mean, there's there's people who like they know every like Stephen Colbert. He knows like the, all the yeah. maps and the lineage, lineages, whatever that word is, family trees yeah. and all that stuff. Where I'm like. I know this character and that this thing happened where right. you're like, there's a wizard and a, and a ring. So, yeah, 
Yeah. I, I think we're we're in a happy middle ground. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I feel like a lot of listeners who are on the fence about checking this thing out, they're probably like, I don't know what this is, what it's about. I yeah. watched Lord of the Rings when I was 15 and that was it. Yeah. Also, I think the other thing that probably, I don't want to say hurts the show, but makes it hard is that the, the fandom for uh, Lord of the Rings is so strong. You know what I mean? The, um, people love Lord of the Rings. You know, yes. a lot of my coworkers, they're like diehard Lord of the Rings. One of my friends was trying to explain me the timeline that the show takes place in. <laughs> Couldn't I couldn't repeat a sentence. I couldn't yeah. repeat yeah. a character. I was like, and he spent like 45 minutes explaining it. And it sounded interesting. Don't get me wrong. It sounded cool. Don't know what's happening. Yeah. You know, you know what? That's kind of how I felt when you explained um oh what, what's that game called? Oh, that, Destiny? Destiny. I know. That's the same thing. <laughs> it was I was like, okay, I think I get point. this. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I mean and it, like that's not it, a bad thing. It just it's just shows how rich yeah. the lore is and it's it's exactly. daunting. And if there's ever, I mean, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the author of uh, the, the actual books. Um, Tolkien. Tolkien, yeah. Um, Biggest nerd ever. Yeah, but he, I mean, talk about the king of lore. I mean, oh, yeah. this man writes books for his books. And Dude. then books for his books for his books. Like, it's crazy. Well, it goes beyond that. He low-key wrote the books just so that the languages he made up would have, a, a, like, a place. Yeah, like he he he's he's like the template for all fantasy, like modern day fantasy. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, he's um, definitely like the godfather of a fantasy. And yeah, that brings us to today where we're watching a TV show about his works. It covers the second age. Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. the movies takes place during the third age. So in the second age, you have the rise of this um, empire called Numenor. You have the rise of Sauron, who's the the big bad from Lord of the Rings. Um, you have the war, the big war between Sauron and, and the free people of Middle Earth. And you know that opening scene in Lord of the Rings where you see like that's that huge battle and Sauron yes. gets defeated. So that's yeah. the end of the Second Age. So that is in theory the end of this show. Technically, yeah, yeah. Depending on how far they want to take it. Depending on how far they go. Yeah. yeah. So that that that's the time period this is going to cover. What's super interesting though is Amazon does not actually have rights to the Cimmerillion where most of this stuff material is found. They oh, only yeah, have rights this. to the Hobbit, the three Lord of the Rings books, which is technically one book and the appendices. So anything that's mentioned within those works, they can use. But if it's, if it's mentioned uh, only in the Cimmerillion, they can't use it. Is there a reason why the Tolkien estate is like so nitpicky about what they let uh, people use and adapt. That's why there's not a lot okay. of Lord of the Rings content out there. I mean, look yeah. at Star Wars. It's on. It's slapped on everything. That's the, the Tolkien estate. They're like, nah, <laughs> nah, man. This is like no, I, I get it. No, I get it. I think it's it's kind of it's kind of like they understand the the climate we live in, where yeah. um, you know everything. Everyone's looking for this big IP to make spinoffs and spinoffs, and I think that they. You know, I th- I think it's just respect the token estate. They just have uh, yeah. respect for Tolkien's work, and so I, I I think that's what it comes out of, really. Yeah. So, and and to the hardcore fans or like someone in the middle, for me, that's why there are certain moments where you're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, where's this character at? Yeah. Because they don't have the rights to it, which is, which is so interesting. Like, and, and like I I can't imagine how tedious it was for the lawyers to be like, you can use this, you can't use that, you can use this, you yeah. can't use that. Yeah. So. But yeah, l- l- let's dive in. There's there's multiple storylines woven into this narrative. Um, 
it's it's a it's it's you know kind of has like game of thrones feel where you have all these new characters you're being introduced to uh didn't feel quite as daunting to me but it could be because i'm familiar with a lot of these characters i don't know how you Mm -hmm. felt uh, it was a little, it wasn't daunting. It was just more along the lines of like, um, it, it took me a minute to put together that Gladriel was Kate Blanchett's yes. Gladriel. Yeah. And that, um, uh, who's the, who's the other character? Elrond. Elrond, Elrond. was, um, I'm going to call him Mr. Smith. Cause I can't remember his name. Hugo um, Weaving. But yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Um, yeah. I, I took me a minute to put those together. Those were the characters. Okay. So, like, I didn't realize that, like, the second age was, like... So, like, let me backtrack. I didn't realize they lived that long. Let me put it that way. Oh, I didn't dude, realize, yeah. I didn't realize they lived that long. So, I was like, oh, I was like, that's interesting. Okay, all right. Dude, um, yeah, by the time Lord of the Rings hits, Gladriel's, yeah. like, she is very, very old by that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, I can see that now. So, I'm like, okay, so this is... At least I do know some characters... Yeah. I didn't feel like any of the characters introduced was was too exhausting. I felt okay. like it paced. I felt like I I personally felt like it paced the way it introduced yeah. like the characters. I felt like it paced it in a in an okay way. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, and and like this isn't in my notes. The top of the head, I just remember this. The intro, um, like you you see the the two trees. Yeah, and so um, they don't explain it too much because I think it's more detailed in the Cimmerillion, so probably legally they couldn't. But before yeah. there was a sun and moon in Middle Earth, there were these two trees, and that's what gave, okay. gave off light. Life. Uh, life and yeah. um, Morgoth, Melkor, um, he's basically kind of like the, the Satan figure in uh, Tolkien's mythology. Okay. Uh, okay. He gets jealous, and him and Shelob's great, 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 whatever, grandmother, Ngoliant, uh, kill the trees. Yeah. And so that's what you see uh, happening at the beginning. And so and like, that's how old Galadriel is. Like she lived in a world oh before goodness. there was a sun and a moon. Oh wow! Yes. Okay, okay, so, like, okay. She, she has See, seen. I would have never. I would have never known that. That's cool. Right? Okay. Yeah. So like All to right. you, you're like, oh, that, that's interesting. But to me, I'm like, whoa, no way. But okay. they, they like don't like fully show it, and I and I think it's because legally they couldn't. Right, and and I think that's okay. I think. You know, um, I know this show has got like a lot of a lot of grief uh, already. That's why two mm-hmm. episodes in. Um, I, I I watched some like reviews before I even watched the show. Yeah, I went in expecting to watch like some of like the worst TV I've ever watched. Game of Thrones final season. No, it was fine. It was fine, and I kind of yeah. realized I'm like, you know what? This show is made for people like me and you. Unfortunately, yeah, we can yeah. argue about whether that's a good or bad thing, but it is made <laughs> for people who don't. No, every like every molecule of data there is to know about um about Lord of the Rings. Like it, right. it's made just to like I don't want to say like general enjoyment because I think there is a certain level you have to buy in to right. watch something like this. But at the same time, I feel like you don't have to know all the things that you're gonna you probably see when you're watching. I, I think that's kind of the goal. Like if you are interested, go find out and then it gives it better context. So yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Um yeah, like we, we get a, a couple storylines. Galadriel feels like she's uh arguably the main character of the series. Um yeah. like if that continues on. And basically what has happened is her brother Finrod uh was killed by Sauron. And mm-hmm. she goes on this revenge quest to hunt down Sauron, which uh, ba- based on like what's in the source material and what you see in Lord of the Rings, it, it feels a little out of character for her. 
it, it feels like they they kind of drew more from her uncle Fanor, who is this crazy character in the Silmarillion. People should check him out. Um, and what was interesting is her brother died to save a human named Baron, who's from the story of Baron and Luthien, which is arguably, in my opinion, the best love story ever told. Uh, it's semi-autobiographical of Tolkien's life, and it, it's it's phenomenal. And so she's on this crazy quest, and you know she you know she's uh, got her little party. They go up north where it's super cold. Um, maybe that was Morgoth's old castle. Again, legally, I don't think they could say what it was. Okay. And so after this quest ends, she gets rewarded, quote unquote, rewarded with a trip to the Undying Lands, which I, I don't know, like how much you know about that. So I figured that it's because, uh, OK, don't make fun of me, people, but I've played like God of War and stuff like that. So I figured it was like this nod to some type of uh, this either Greek or Roman mythology. It's, it's, it's where they go to die, essentially. Right. It's their heaven. Um, so, essentially, right? so, so um, elves don't it's, it's die. It's kind of like. Right. It's it's kind of like the opposite of like what in uh, not uh, in like Norse mythology, like what hell is. It, okay. It's like, okay. like it's like you go there to exist um, or or even Valhalla, like you go there to exist yeah. in another life, but you don't have the responsibilities of being in the quote unquote real world, basically. That's what I feel. Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, like what's a, a big theme for elves? And a lot of people might not know this. They're, they're immortal. And, but that means that they experience the world dying around them every day. Yeah. The world changes. Yeah. And so like to them, they're like watching the world decay and then they get to go to this place where nothing is dying anymore. And so that's her reward, but she doesn't want to go. She's kind of being yeah. forced to go. Cause they're like, you need to settle down. You're causing too much trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she decides to jump ship. Literally. Mm, literally. Yeah. Which that was, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, that, I don't that, know how that was a cool you scene. Are. No, it, but it was I mean, a that cool was a cool scene. scene. Cool scene I, thought, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was very impactful. I thought it showed that, like, this is what is driving her to the point where she's like, I cannot rest. So yeah. I know Sauron is dead. And even though there's a lot of things they can't use, it does give context to why she's still there in the Third Age, right? I mean, yeah, when true, you think true. about it, you know, it gives a little context to that. She's like, this is my life's work. This is my life's mission. I have to see it through. You know, she's no quitter. So... I don't know. I thought I thought that was cool. Um, uh, you know, I, I I thought it was kind of bogus that I'm like, you know, they're just sending her off to die. I mean, they're painting it as like a nice thing, but yeah. literally they're like, all right, well, she's gonna die. So I I don't know. I thought that was I thought that was an interesting uh, interesting way to to show that. Yeah, it, it, and mm. it, I think it shows a little bit of like a political intrigue that was probably lacking in Lord of the Rings, and I think mm. is a, a big critique from like George R. R. Martin and you know Game of Thrones fans that there's no politics in Lord of the Rings. So I think yeah. that's kind of their way of being like, ooh, like she's there being are. finessed into this. Yeah. Um and, and again, it's not like they're trying to like literally kill her or do anything bad. They're just like, hey, you need to go away. And it technically it's yeah. a good thing for her. Yeah. Um uh, she jumps ship and then in the second episode she gets picked up by some castaways who apparently are they're running from this thing called the worm, which is like a sea monster. Um and then um, more bad stuff happens, and then there's a a, a new character that that kind of mm-hmm. pops up at the end. We don't know who that is. Um, the the theory I've heard that I most favor is that it's Elendil, which is Aragorn's like great 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 grandfather. I figured I figured that's what it. I I had a feeling. Um, that's what it is. Um, uh, and I and I I feel like what we are witnessing in this show is the first formation of a fellowship. 
I think that's what oh. is, is strongly being alluded to here because I feel like all these seemingly unrelated plot lines will lead to the formation of a fellowship. Um, I don't remember a lot from Lord of the Rings, but doesn't Galadriel have a big hand in the formation of the fellowship? Oh, yeah. Know? Okay, yeah. so I feel like this is the precursor to that and why mm-hmm. she knows that that would work, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, well, and, and oh, go on. No, I, I mean, that that's that's okay. my theory, at least. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that I hadn't thought about that. And that, that brings us to the next character, Elrond, who also has a huge role to play in, yes. in creating the Fellowship. Yes. And at this point, he's not, you know, Lord Elrond of Rivendell. He's a diplomat. Yeah. They call him a politician, which feels a little weird, but he he, he kind of is. Yeah, he's that's, a diplomat. that's what he is. Yeah, he's, he's an ambassador. Yeah, for the High King yeah. Gilgalad. And he eventually gets sent to work with Caleb Brimbor, who, I don't know, you might not know this, AJ. Actually, you might. Oh, no, from, no, hold on, because they played the games. Yeah, Shadow right? Mortar. Yeah, you know yeah, because okay. I was like, because I was like, I know this guy. <laughs> well, okay, I don't remember, remember, but he's okay. not a good dude, right? No, he is. He just kind of makes some really, like, really poor choices. He makes some really eth- ethically bad decisions, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you, but what's he known for? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. I don't remember. S- so he oh there's gonna be spoilers just FYI in case you people you it's people two episodes. didn't know this yeah. FYI yeah. he uh he's the one that creates the rings of power okay 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 yeah. all right all right all right so no. he he is a, a very little known character by most Lord of the Rings fans but he probably is like one of the most impactful characters in the whole I mean, thing he's he's the reason we're here so yeah yeah um and That's yeah Elrond cool. gets sent to help him with some unknown project and he wants to create a new forge. He wants to create something with great power. Like I said, the elves have to watch creation die around them because they're so yeah. old. And so he, he wants to kind of preserve um, what he feels like his people are losing. So like his yeah. intentions are pure. Like he, yeah. he, he's just trying to help his people uh, and he wants to create a new forge to make something of power. Yeah. And then Elrond gets this idea to go, Ask the dwarves. Yeah, the dwarves. Uh, we we meet the dwarves. W- one last note on Cella uh, Brimbor, real quick, is that uh, I I that I like. I hope they're using the character that we because in in the Shadows of Mordor games, all that stuff is revealed. Like I think at the end of the, or no, at the end of the sec the first game or the second game. Like, a lot of this information we don't really yeah. know why he's like uh, his soul is essentially trapped in middle earth. You know what I mean? And so, right, right. um, and you kind of learn that like, you know, he's kind of an ass, you know, like, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I don't also explain it. Like, like in the games, at least like he wasn't, you could tell that like, he will do whatever he thinks is right, regardless of what that looks like. And so, yeah. um, I hope that I, if, I feel like they're kind of alluding to some of that here. So I think okay. that's, cool. I think that's, um, cool. do they show, Actually, I think it's him. Do they show what happens to him after he dies in the game? I never finished the game. By the way. You mean like how he gets essentially his soul gets trapped? Well, what they, so some he, he I, I believe it's him gets has a real bad day. They kill him and his family. Yes. yes and then they, they, use, they like hang up his body on a banner and use it to march around. Yes. Yes, they do. Oh, they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a that's brutal a yeah, that's a brutal man. He yeah, he does not. He has a very bad day up ahead for him. Um, just yeah, but yeah. So El, um, Elrond goes to Khazadum, which we see in the Fellowship of the Ring. It's where the Balrog kills Gandalf. Okay. 
Um, so we get to see what it looks like back in his heyday. And yeah. he wants to go talk to his friend Durin the fourth. And uh, th- this scene was amazing. I, I loved seeing the good. dwarf culture because we only really saw yeah. Gimli and a couple other dwarves in the fellowship. No, it was fun. Yeah, that was. A, I like this scene a lot. Yeah, and it's just like their their city looks amazing. Yeah, not, not only their city looks amazing, but I love the I love the dwarves in in this world. You know, they're like, you know, they're. I don't know. I I, I love that the 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 grudge because yeah. you know, uh, uh, Elrond is is there to essentially ask for their help in assembling this. You know, I think a forge, right? That's what that's what they're trying to essentially build. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some type of forge, and so, uh, but Durin is mad because. You know, like like you said earlier, elves experience time really differently than everyone else in Middle Earth. And so, uh, to Elrond, he thinks it's like, oh, it's been like a week or two since he's la- since he's last seen Durin. But to Durin, it's been twenty years. So he's like pissed. He's like, you missed my wedding. You missed the birth of both my kids. I thought we were friends. And he's like, yeah. my bad. You know. So you know, he's you know, it's funny. I, I like the dwarves. They're funny. It, it They're was funny it was heartfelt too, though. Like it like it was kind of sad. Yeah, it was like, sad. Like. You're like, like he's he actually betrayed. hurt. Yeah, he feels betrayed. He feels betrayed by his friend, and it it makes it worse because from Elrond's perspective, like like we said, like it's just been a little bit. But right. to him, is like you know, you can tell that he's he's he thought you he he was forgotten. If that makes yeah. any sense, and so yeah, exactly, exactly, that's the frustration. Yeah, so um, you know, I I like I like that dynamic. I think that's gonna play a very critical role as we go on the show. So. Yeah, and, and then his wife Nisa, she she was so much fun, so she was much fun. fun. I don't that, know the actor's no. name that plays her, but phenomenal. Everything about being in the little dwarf city was cool. Yeah. I like that. It, it was yeah. like it was like Wakanda for dwarves. Yeah, like, dude. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. That is perfect. Um, yeah, you know, it was cool. <laughs> that, my only nitpick was like I was kind of hoping she would have more of a beard because Gimli says dwarven women look kind of okay. like a man. I watched a video. Uh, I will try to find it, but that is that's a Peter Jackson joke. That's not that's not canon. That's not canon. That's really? a Peter Jackson. Yeah, that's a I Peter. See, Jackson, I didn't know that. That's a that's a Peter Jackson exclusive. That's that's what? something I do know. That's okay. right. See, I, I can, didn't know. I can nerd out. I can nerd out too, baby. Uh, nice. No, that's that's not a that's not that's not canon. That is okay. that is uh, that is definitely just a joke. Peter Jackson put oh, in, the, in, the, in the film. That so, changes yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. There, you'll see a lot of that kind of stuff. Okay. There, yeah, actually, mm-hmm. that, that comes to m- brings to mind something else that I'll we'll, we'll talk about later about like mm-hmm. what's canon versus what people perceive as canon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the Dwarven thing, the Dwarf City was really cool. Um, you know, and, and speaking of little people, we get introduced to the Harfoots, which are like a, a hobbit. Are those the ancestor. hobbits? It, they're like one of the ancestors of the hobbits. Okay, because they're like dirty. They're like yeah. I'm like I'm like are they are they nomad? Like they don't wash. They're like uh, they're they nomads, and like that that becomes okay. like a, a point of tension later on. So um, are the hobbits that we know are they here? Not or yet. Do they not we exist? have to remember this is like oh like way 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 before Lord of the Rings. So like uh, eventually okay. like these people and some other people will become what we know as the hobbits. And okay. then they'll like become like more like they settle down and build houses and stuff. Okay, I was just a little confused. I'm like, who are these people? What's happening here? Yeah, um, and and our main character okay. is uh, Eleanor uh, Brandyfoot, which okay. sounds a little bit like Brandy Buck, which is one of um, uh, it's Mary's Mary's family. Okay, uh, I don't know so she she's probably and, and technically Frodo too. You know, Mary and okay. Pippin. 
the hobbits oh yeah yeah okay yes yes yeah. i do know okay 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 yeah so she, she's like on. one one of their ancestors um oh and what's really interesting and th- this is a, a point of contention is if throughout the series like the casting yeah apparently the harfoots were described by token tolkien as being browner of skin oh okay which a lot of people were upset by some of the casting because, you know, there's people of color in this. Yeah. But then Tolkien himself said the Harfoots ha- have darker skin. So it's like, I mean, I just don't understand. We go through this every time, whether it's yep. like, yep. It, no matter what the fantasy thing, it, your point of contention in a world with elves and orcs and little people and talking trees and dragons is that some of them are black. That's the point of contention. You know what? We could talk about that all day. Well, and you know what? They, they would yeah. argue that's not the problem, but it's like if you're that upset, that is the problem. Yeah, that is so the problem. You just won't. But I did. Admit. I did have a question. I did have a question. The so in so we meet. Uh, how do you say her name? They called her something. Was it Nori? Was that what they called her? Or? Uh, Nori she had a, she had a, wasn't. And uh, the her friend. Oh, that was her friend. Okay, so the so basically, like they find. Uh, the, the meteor like comes down from from the sky and crashes. Meteor man, yeah. Meteor man, yeah, or Rocket Man if you're if you're an Elton John <laughs> fan, and uh, crashes and it's a dude. Now, I don't know my lore, but that's that's Gandalf, right? That's see that okay. That's the big question. That, that's that maybe Gandalf. That that that's what people myself think it could be, um, because that the Astari did come to Middle Earth. That's the name for the wizards during the Second Age. Okay. And it's a bearded old man, came from the West. Um, so yeah. pretty good chance it's it's Gandalf, maybe Sar- Saruman. Um, I don't think it's Radagast, or it could be the Blue Wizards, who I don't know if you ever you even know who the Blue, Blue Wizards are. Nah, man. So the Blue Wizards were two wizards who kind of went MIA. And oh, Tolkien wait, I, kinda... I did hear something about this. Never okay. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. never You never see them in Lord of the Rings. They're mentioned yeah. maybe once. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of went MIA on their mission. They were sent by Tolkien's version of God uh, to kind of help out fight Sauron. And uh, initially they failed, but then Tolkien went and rewrote it where they they did a lot of like espionage type of stuff and raising armies sure. and whatnot. Sure. Uh, very much like Shadow of Mordor type of stuff. They were like kind of pulling the strings behind that kind of a thing. So, yeah, it's either them, one of them or Gandalf. I'm leaning towards Gandalf. I feel like thematically this is a baby Gandalf here. We're yeah, dealing with a, yeah. a child Gandalf and uh, now mind you, he's not a child. I'm calling him a child because he doesn't seem to be able to Communicate. process yeah. words or anything, and he's kind of feral. So he's, he's very powerful still. Yeah, very still powerful, but he has no like you could tell he doesn't know how to control it. So I'm like, okay, this is baby Gandalf. Uh, right. but this would but I mean this has to make sense, right? I mean, like this is like, you know, Promethean hobbits here. Um <laughs> You know, like, I mean, come on. It makes sense, right? Well, the Gandalf and Hobbits are tight. Like, he loves, yeah. he loves they're, the show. They're he BFFs. loves Hobbits. He's so like, it makes Hobbits? Sense. We go way back. Yeah, exactly. Literally, yeah. Literally, he, yeah. He says something, I think, in Quenya that translates either to what is fire, meaning, like, where, where Sauron, or blessed fire, which Gandalf um, tells the Balrog, I'm the servant of the sacred fire, which is, like, the essence of creation. Sure. So, again... Kind of hinting if it's the second one that it is Gandalf. I would be shocked if it wasn't. I'll be honest with you. And, and also because like be, it, it'd be, be too shocked. risky not to make him Gandalf. Like they want to play it safe, probably. You know, right? But I also think I mean, like I, like I said, I think Gandalf is a fun character. So I feel mm-hmm. like 
I feel like the Hobbits and Gandalf's character, if this is Gandalf, I think it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. I, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. He's he's the palate cleanser. So I think every show needs that. So I, I hope right. it's and there's there's still high stakes because like he you can tell like if he's not careful, like he's gonna hurt people. Yeah. Which yeah. would be interesting to show like how Gandalf learned to like control himself and like he's like very tempered. Yeah. Like he he, he yeah. holds back. But uh speaking yes. of fun characters, one of my favorites who is an original character is Alrondir. Okay, original like he's canon? He's not canon. He like the Amazon character. Oh, oh sorry, original. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now this now he is supposed to be like black um Legolas, right? Basically. He's like okay. black Legolas, but serious. Okay. Yeah. Not a hint of humor in him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which is um, interesting, and, like to see because like elves kind of like joke around a lot in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. They're not they're stuff. not super serious people. Like even um even Galadriel, she's like she's serious, but at the same time, like there are these moments where she can, I don't know. She's like gentle and soft. Yeah. 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 Very, very scary, but very gentle. uh, Yeah. This new character, he's, he's pretty serious, but I I guess it fits him well. It's not like, it's not a caricature of seriousness. I think he's just, he's one of these like duty driven. He's seen things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I have a question. So in, so we meet, how do you say his name? How do you say his character's name? I think it's Arondir. Arondir. Okay. So we meet Arondir, right? And Arondir, um, you, you can tell that he really cares about humans. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he, yeah. You know, because because like his whole kind of mini story that they're building is that uh, the king of the elves uh, is like, hey, we we're gonna go. We're leaving. We're leaving Middle Earth. And so um, he doesn't want to go. You know, he he he's become attached. He's been watching this area for I think eighty years or something like that, seventy nine years. Yeah, yeah. So like so like he's become attached, and we find out that he's in love with a human woman and i'm like okay this kid that she had that's his son right like that's his son it's gotta uh, be his son i don't think so i think it's his son oh that is in- you know that is interesting because they because they made a comment later when the when they were in the barn stealing the the okay before i continue on my theory there uh you know the 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 son of this woman i can't remember the the kid's name but the son goes into a barn and steals a very evil looking sword yeah. that has the mark of Sauron on it. Yeah. And I'm just like, you think this is what you need? But then I remember, <laughs> like, I think Sauron's powers are supposed to be like, um, like, tanta- like tantalizing. Like, hundred percent. He, you know he's I mean? like so, a great deceiver. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what that was supposed to symbolize. Cause I was kind of mad at first. I was like, what are you doing? Like, that's yeah. clearly evil. But anyways, um, <laughs> But yeah, the only reason why I say that is because in that scene, the kid is teasing and being like, you don't even know where your dad is. You don't know who your dad is. And he gets all mad. And I'm like, he's a, he's half elf, right? Like, that's that's his dad, right? That I mean, that's got to be his dad. I didn't think if, about that. If that's, if that's not his dad, you know, whatever, shame on me. Or maybe yeah. if it's not his dad, maybe the reason he cares for this woman so much is because, like, she was with a different elf and he kind of, like, swore to protect her and this kid. I don't know. But But there's a reason that could be another thing, too, Um, because I think in the second episode, um, you know, she's basically saying, like, you know, these are my people and he doesn't have the same. I don't explain it. He cares for humans, but after the service of doing a duty, if that makes any sense. Right. So um, there's something I don't know if you picked up on this. That area is I believe is going to one day become part of Mordor. Really? I believe so. But one thing I do know for sure 
is that area, those people, their ancestors sided with Melkor, Morga, Sauron's master. Okay. So there's okay. there's this like tension distrust between the elves and those which, people. Which would make sense because again, they found that sword, the broken sword in right, one of the right. barns of the people. I mean, obviously that I mean I kind of picked up that like these some of these people here are at the bare minimum servants of Sauron. So um and also, you know, the, the the show's been really alluding to the fact that there are orcs, and they seem to be a stronger threat. Yeah. In in this age, than they than they they're still a threat in the Lord in the third age, you know, the Lord of the Rings story, but they seem to be more dangerous. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. I get that feeling. Well, I it's know. it's either because like this is like a, a quote unquote like fresher breed of orcs, like you know, like the, it's not like a diluted stock type of thing. Or it could yeah. be because it's trying to show how in Lord of the Rings, these are like Aragorn and Legolas are some of the greatest warriors. Whereas yeah. like the people in this little village are just normal people. I don't know if it's trying to show that or if like they're just a different breed of orcs. One of the things I really hope this show does is one of my favorite things in Shadow of Mordor is the uh, is the nemesis system. Yeah. Uh, just really <laughs> quick, like when you kill a commander orc, a different orc under their rank takes their spot. If the orc kills you in battle, he he goes higher up in his rank, and then all of a sudden now, like you have like a literal nemesis, you have to try and fight. It's pretty cool. It's a cool system. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I like about that is because I felt like it showed that orcs have like a, an actual personality. Like there's a hierarchy, there's order, but they also have like uh they, they they have their own driver because i i didn't yeah. get that sense it's been a long time since i watched lord of the rings so i might be wrong here but peter jackson's lord of the rings i the orcs seem a little mindless they just yeah no that's just, i think that's fair. You, know, you know what i mean so yeah. i really hope that they show us some more intelligent orcs some orcs that have their own reason for siding with sauron i think that'll make the the conflict between these two enemies uh so much more interesting and maybe that's the reason maybe that's the reason why they're so much more dangerous because they're more intelligent, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a a, a good, uh, good like hope, good hope. in in, in yeah. theory for for where this is gonna go. Um, yeah. Anything else? Final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, guys, uh, let me tell you, this show is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'm gonna die in this hill. This is more beautifully shot than the actual Lord of the Rings movies. Whoa. Uh, okay. I, I, I okay. mean, can you argue? Can you argue that though? I mean, mind you, it's like almost triple the budget. So you can see where the money goes. But this is the cinematography is bonkers, like like absolutely crazy. When you think about you're watching a TV show, you're not true, watching a movie, you're yeah, watching a TV show like okay. like. OK, here, let me let me give you an example. Let me give you a comparison. Compare the effort put into this in comparison to like She-Hulk. Now, I know it's not the same <laughs> show, but the point is, like when you watch the CGI, uh, on She-Hulk, you're like, yikes! This is this is rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cinematography is. I mean, that scene when Gladriel is like, a be- basically about to meet her maker here, and she's like about to go into yeah. thing. That was a beautifully shot scene. Yeah, uh, sure. The scene with the orcs in the little orc cave thing. That was an incredibly structured and shot scene. And the music yeah, it was, like, it was is scary. Like, yeah, it was scary. And the music is nuts, guys. The music is bonkers. Like they. When it look, you we may have. I think if I had to nitpick, I would say that like some parts in some of the episodes, I feel like some of the dialogue goes on a little too long. Like, okay. I feel like sometimes some of the characters, 
I don't want to say they're repeating themselves, but it doesn't seem like they're moving their conversation fast enough. Uh, yeah. But but that's that's like really like the only thing I would nitpick. Other than that, I mean, it's fun. I mean, that's that's the only way I can describe it. Like, it's fun to see all these different areas of Middle Earth that maybe I don't know if we would ever got gotten a chance to see. I haven't watched The Hobbit, so maybe we do see some of these places in The Hobbit. But at least okay. in the original Lord of the Rings, like we don't get to see all of these places because the, the, our characters are going to a very specific location. You know what I yeah, mean? And so yeah. I felt like this is cool because it's, we're seeing so much of middle earth and it doesn't feel like, like sometimes I had to remember like, Hey, they filmed this here on our planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, for myself. Yeah. I, I'm hanging on to the bandwagon for this one. Like I said, I do have some concerns because of the, the lack of full legal rights to the source material. <laughs> The practical effects, I think, look phenomenal. The costumes, the sets, the props look fantastic. The CGI is pretty decent. Uh, I'm a little worried it's not going to age well. Uh, and it's kind of like why the original Lord of the Rings was so engaging. There was so much practical effects. I'm a huge proponent of practical effects. So I hope, I hope we get to see more of that um, moving forward. The, the map um, transitions were really great because that kind of gives you perspective on where stuff is happening. It's really great for people like me who suck at, at uh map reading and like knowing where I, things are i really appreciated that because that's actually one of my bigger complaints with lord of the rings i mean yeah. excuse me I, I, I take that back not with lord of the rings uh with game of thrones okay so my biggest complaints sometimes i'm like where are we where <laughs> what direction are we in are we north yeah. are we east yeah. where where is this to me all of uh all of um uh, of, of of the world of, of Game of Thrones is one vertical line yeah. that we just go up and down to. So I really I really like the map transitions. At least, again, the show is made for people like me and you, you know, yeah, who yeah. don't know too much. So I appreciated the map transitions. I'm like, oh, we're going east. Oh, okay. We're cr-. like even the beginning when they're telling us where the where the elves came from. They yeah. literally traveled the waters. I'm like, okay, that helps me understand when what they mean when they say we got to go home. You know what I mean? It's like. I get this. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it made mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, no, it, like it, it was very cool. Um, the characters in some instances felt like they were kind of forced into the narrative versus yep. the narrative kind of fitting like each character. And, and again, or I think they that, had to build, they had to build. New yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think part of that is Tolkien's characters meshed with his narrative so well that mm. if you try to create something original, it doesn't mesh quite as well. And like my, my biggest case, like uh, point for that is, is Galadriel, where she seems like the main character, but honestly, she doesn't feel her story. doesn't seem that engaging to me. It's the one I'm least interested in. Oh, which is unfortunate because the, like all the actors and like, she's phenomenal. The, the, the person who plays Galadriel, she, she's does, does a great job. But to me, her narrative just is the least engaging. And that could be because I ha- I have the bias of having read the Silmarillion. So I know like what quote unquote is supposed to happen. Sure. Um, but you know, whereas like Arondir is an original character and he's probably like my favorite character. He's so yeah. interesting. Very good looking dude. So yeah. good casting choice for that. Some, some smoldering looks and piercing yeah. eyes. Man. That's crazy. For real. Uh, him and uh, I think Bronwyn is her name. Like dude, the, yeah. the, the, the tension, the chemistry, it's uh the saying that little yeah. kid, that's his kid. Just telling <laughs> yeah. you right now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the performances are great. Um, to me, it's just a matter of how the narrative goes. If other aspects can keep up, then, you know, I'm, I'm uh, I think I can I can be happy with this. And, you know, I'll watch the rest. 
All right, man. Well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, I, I think I agree with everything you said. And then one last note really is just, do you think my theory that Gladriel is unintentionally forming a precursor of a fellowship? Do you think that changes your perspective on her storyline? Yeah, like I hadn't thought about that before. If that is the case, that'll make it a lot more interesting. And, yeah. and, and to kind of uh, add one other thing, if you watch the show, don't know anything about Lord of the Rings, and you, you're interested in it whatsoever, uh, like check out the Smilorillion too. Like see mm-hmm. like what the source material was really like, and you know then you can decide which one you like better. You can enjoy both of them, but you know it, it, maybe this is a way for people to check out something new. All right, well, guys, that's our show. We'll definitely. Uh, circle back i think there's so much in this show uh we could definitely circle back at the end of the season um but yeah thank you guys for listening um we all we all really appreciate it uh you know you guys can check out our podcasts on any uh, podcasting platform so google podcasts uh, spotify apple Podcasts, stitcher uh the works even zencaster now has a podcasting platform you can also find us on uh, all our social medias uh tiktok instagram um, Twitter, uh, not Facebook, because Facebook is for our moms, and we don't, you know, we don't do it for our moms, right? But yeah, guys. Thank you. The Bandwagon Fan Podcast is hosted by Josh Jimenez, Alex Mogosa, and me, AJ Soy. Our show is produced by Kate Smith and edited by your boy, AJ. Our social media is managed by Natalia Kokulia, and our theme song, Lush Waves, is provided to us by Taylor Lewin of Underscore Audio. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.